Human Trafficking True Crime covers the exploitation of men, women, and children across the world. Subject matter may not always be suitable for children or those dealing with mental health issues. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know has been trafficked, please contact the Human Trafficking Hotline by texting HELP, H-E-L-P, to 233-733. As children, we dream of endless ideas and options for what the future can hold. Nowhere do dreams of turmoil, heartache, pain, or trauma come to mind. Yet, regrettably, the facts are that many of us will face these emotions and experiences throughout our lives. Tonight's story tells the journey of a human trafficking survivor who has overcome extreme obstacles that have been bestowed upon him from starting at an early age. Hear the story of how this young man went from living in the shadows of his home, where he never felt welcomed, to bouncing from one abusive relationship to another, and how he ultimately fell prey to the now-convicted human trafficker. This is a man who has triumphed over the setbacks and now leads a life of gratitude by giving back to other human trafficking survivors. Tonight, we give Jose Alfaro the last word. How's it going, Megan? It's 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 uh, the 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 time change is really messing with me. So I heard a story or a rumor, maybe it's a conspiracy that they're going away with that. Yes, that has been brought up. So is that like official? Is this our last fall back? Or you know, I'm almost hoping yes, because yeah. this is just it feels like it's ten o'clock right now. Yeah, it does feel late. It's only what. I don't even know if my computer updated. What is it? Six o'clock? Yeah, it's only six o'clock. <laughs> well, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you're doing okay. Thanks. Um, I do want to say, though, before we get started, just a little bit of business. We're still running that 30% off promo code for our listeners right now. It is store-wide. Last word is getting ready to expand and we're getting ready to launch a new line. So Mm -hmm. I'm super, super excited about that. So we're trying to clear out of some of the items that are still in our store. So any of our listeners can use the code HTTC2023 at checkout and they will get 30% off. You just got to go to lastwordbysl.com. And that code, again, is HTTC2023, and that is 30% off store-wide while supplies last. Also, just want our listeners to know that with every purchase, we give back to C7 yes. Human Trafficking, and that is a local nonprofit coalition that we're a part of, and we support all the good work that they do. So HTTC2023, and if you don't want to purchase... You can always like follow review us on any platform that you're listening on uh we do read the reviews we take all of your advice into consideration we are new so we're still learning so we appreciate all of the feedback so thank you yes 
Sometimes. Sure. Well, we listen to your <laughs> feedback. It's kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I will start tonight's case. Jose Alfaro grew up, Megan, in a tiny, tiny town of Navasota, Texas, which is located on the outskirts of Houston. Okay. I did not know where this town was. I don't know if you do. But it's roughly 70 miles north up Texas Interstate 6. It's over by okay. College Station. So, And this town is the type of place that your traffic jams consist of a tractor that's... Ah, uh, one light towns. Yeah. Yep. And, and actually, when I was researching this case, the town is only like 8.6 square miles or something ridiculous. It's so not, small. <laughs> yeah. And their schools of 4A... They're, I think, around um, now, currently, around 800 students. So they're wow. not a giant school by any means. Mm -hmm. So coming from young immigrant like parents, Jose is one of three. And he was raised by a mother who worked as a hairdresser and a father who owned a metal parts company. And growing up, he... You know, you're in the country, spent a lot of his time outside, mm -hmm. in the fields, the pastures, the creeks, uh, and money was tight for the uh, Alfaro family, like it is. Right, when you think of the economy like yeah. that. I'm sure his metal business did fairly well, but not as well to maintain with the economy and what it's doing right now. Right. So... The tensions aren't really great in this household, right? So you've got money, money's tight, the tensions are tight. And in a Rolling Stones article titled, He Was Young Gay and Sold for Sex, How Jose Alfaro Escaped a Human Trafficking Nightmare, Jose states when their father would come home, he would be angry, he would be exasperated, and just ruling their mm -hmm. house by fear. Right, taking it out on the family. Exactly. And he, they're young. He's a young parent himself. He's an immigrant. I'm sure he has a lot of pressure and stress. Mm -hmm. uh, Alf, Amanda Alfaro, Jose's sister, later states in the same article, there was a lot of abuse recalling how her father would come home and start arguing with their mother and that the children basically would all run to their rooms because they didn't know what kind of attitude or temper they were going to be getting that night. Sounds a lot like um, Dr. Jekyll yeah. and Mr. Hyde, right? That's how you say it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's a difficult situation living in that, like going and making sure you're trying to hide and be the perfect. It really kind of sets you up to try to be the perfect kid so you don't mess up. Right. You don't mm -hmm. want to screw up. So you walk on eggshells almost. Yep. As a young boy, a child, Jose was often corrected by his father when he would be playing with dolls or dancing or doing cheerleading uh, because Jose always knew, <clears throat> excuse me, Jose always knew he was different from the other boys at his school. He <clears throat> enjoyed cheerleading. He enjoyed gymnastics. He did like playing with dolls and overall was a pretty feminine young man, young boy. Mm. And because of that, he was, of those differences, he was picked on by the students and the other boys in his class because he mostly played with girls also. Right. And so as a child, his father would correct him in doing these things, basically telling Jose, 
you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Act Boy, like a man. Yeah. Boys don't play with dolls. Boys yep. don't do dancing. I will say one thing uh, that I learned recently. Uh, cheerleaders get really good scholarships, especially male cheerleaders. They do because there's not a whole lot. And I actually yeah. know quite a few. Uh, yeah. One of my really good friends from high school, uh, he, had, yeah, he had a scholarship yeah. for cheerleading. So I feel like that's something that you'd want to push your kid into to get those scholarships. Especially, Especially if, if you don't have money. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you're it's already a, struggling. This is a way for your child to have an education. Like, mm-hmm. And again, who cares? Like, yeah. Uh, so at this point in his life, like Jose doesn't even know what being gay means. He has no idea. He's a young kid just playing with dolls and doing what he likes. Right. And he's what little kid knows that, that anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't typically know that and so he's just told by a strict and religious family that gay people go to hell like how are you gonna tell a little kid gay people go to hell and they don't even probably know what being gay means yeah what that means you're totally setting this kid up for failure yes it's horrible so by the time jose was around five this is in my opinion where his life i think kind of started to take that pivot um, if you will, he's around five when there's an older kid, a teenager that is, uh, visits the neighborhood essentially. And he develops an interest in little Jose prompting him to play a game of hide and seek. Oh my God. So we can see where this is going to which every time they play this game, this kid's hiding under the porch and it escalates to this kid, this older teenager, fondling molesting oh this little five-year-old five (laughs) correct um so after that incident he is then caught by his grandfather playing with another little boy or another kid and they have their pants down and jose Mm -hmm. recalls in the article that that was more of a curiosity little kids probably because he just had been exposed and and is like what's going on that's how he thinks that little boys play with each other well that and he's also now just had been molested and fond he's yeah he's confused he's experiencing like all kinds of different things so yeah i can see where that's that would be an innocent thing but instead of using that moment to teach Jose about good touch, bad touch, all the things in between, you know, he, he whoops him Jesus, and tells him that boys don't do that. Probably because he's thinking, oh my God, my kid's gay. And now I've caught him with this other kid, but I don't, okay. No five-year-old you at that point when that happens yes that is when you start having those conversations with your children about mm-hmm. the because they're already there they're already yeah, experiencing you explain it. it in a way that they will understand and you can't go back you can't go back they're already at that point you've mm-hmm. already caught them in this situation so now you capitalize that opportunity to educate them inform them that it's okay if someone you know it's okay to tell us if someone hurts you right. or if you have been you know, subject to something. Like, where did you learn that? Right. What happened? Right. But he doesn't Start. use this as an opportunity. He just spanks him. Said he furthers the trauma. That Those were my exact thoughts. Mm-hmm. They really were. So by his freshman year in high school, Jose's kind of growing into this young and talented student. He's, 
you know, involved in sports teams and extracurriculars at school. He's preparing for college. Uh, and like any normal teen, he's starting to explore his sexuality. Um, but unfortunately, I think probably a little bit more exasperated because of past traumas. Uh, he first tries to cuddle with another boy at an overnight choir trip. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, the boy tells Jose that he's not gay, to which Jose responds with, I'm not gay either. Okay. Because he's living. Because he's trying to, ma- yeah, he's trying to mask it. He's trying to play up that persona of him to, again, make his father proud, who is then in turn just adding trauma to his life. Right. Exactly. I would 100% agree. By 2006, Jose meets a college-age student on the gay.com site, mm. which is now has now been shut down by uh, government. I actually have not heard of this site until researching this case and reading about Jose. I uh, didn't even know that site existed, but we're also talking about early 2006. Uh, Jose's 15 years old and he begins a sexual relationship with this male college student that he has met from gay.com. And they basically are meeting in secret. They're meeting at this kid's apartment. They're meeting at the stadium for the high school, wherever they can be. Uh, they're communicating their text messaging back and forth. They're developing a relationship, Uh, but it's completely in secret. And the boys are telling each other they're not gay. They're Hmm. still, it sounds like they're both still not ready to completely come out and admit it, which totally makes sense. And I don't, I can't speak for that, but for Jose's case and his story and what we know makes sense Mm -hmm. why you wouldn't want to come out. Your parents are. You don't have any support. There's right. No- There's no su- there. Once you do that, you you lose all sense of self, essentially. Like you're gaining yourself, but you're losing yourself at the same time. Right. So they keep this relationship up and they're communicating back and forth until one day Jose's parents like hijack his phone while he's taking a shower. He leaves his phone in mm-hmm. the bedroom and they go through it and they see all these communications and these text messages between the college kid and Jose. Wow. They then confront Jose about the text, asking him about his sexuality, to which the conversation then just escalates and a physical altercation breaks out between Jose and his father. Makes sense. That that fits the storyline. <laughs> right. You would think that when your father, who mm. knows what he read, who knows what the text messages right. said, reads them, it's enough to insinuate that. Right. And we already know he's not an understanding man. He uses his fist first, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He has a short fuse, for sure. It mm-hmm. sounds like he goes zero to 100 real quick. So Jose gave an interview to the organization stop modern day slavery where he actually goes in depth into his overall human trafficking experience. And I really recommend everyone read it. It it was eye opening for me, but he goes into the, the moment, um, in his life, right. Where his parents discover these communications, the fight ensues. And Jose recalls to the interviewer, 
what his father said to him. And I want to read that because I feel like it's a very powerful statement. And it says, quote, um, I'm only going to ask you one more time. Are you gay? My father asked me as he backhanded me, causing me to black out and hit the floor. He kicked me in my abdomen and I laid on the floor in pain. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. It's really sad. That is really sad. I just couldn't imagine. Like, how do you respond to that? Like, what do you even say? How do you even do that, first of all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously we know that this type of stuff happens. I personally think that you it's a learned behavior, right? So mm. it's obvious in my opinion. I obviously don't know his family, but his father probably... Right. Also experience that kind of stuff. And his dad just doesn't seem like a jolly old fella. And plus, Jose's got a lot of vulnerabilities at this point in his life, right? Mm -hmm. He's got a super unsupportive and abusive family. I mean, I'm sure he's got a level of connection with his siblings, uh, hopefully. But he's 15. He's trying to navigate. First of all... 15-year-olds can't navigate life by themselves mm -hmm. anyways. They need help. Yeah. And when you factor in extra added vulnerabilities, it just really puts them at a massive disadvantage. Yes. So a 2016 Department of Justice Commission study titled Youth Involvement in the Sex Trade showed that males make up roughly 36% of trafficking victims in the United States sex industry. Wow. And I think that kind of just... First of all, we all know how I feel about statistics, but... It's probably higher. <laughs> Right, but also, Jose unfortunately became a victim of that. That was he was that statistic. Uh, so, Jose leaves that night, and he basically the cops come. Let me back up. The cops come. Jose calls the cops at some point in the, in the escalation. The cops come and they basically give Jose two options. You can either press charges and he'll be arrested, most likely released the following day, which could then potentially escalate the situation. Mm -hmm. Or you can leave um, and go stay with someone else, either for the night or for the long term. So for the night, he goes to the college kid's house, shows up probably realizing that they're never going to be able to spend the night and see each other ever again, especially mm -hmm. with what's going on at home. The following day he returns home to which his father asks him how he's going to be fixed. Ugh. <laughs> Megan, this story just gets worse. Uh. Jose, this super confused and scared, vulnerable. He's completely isolated doesn't mm -hmm. know how to respond and really just responds with the only thing that he can think of. And that's a change in scenery telling his father that it might help the situation. And so they agree to allow Jose to go stay with family in San Antonio four hours away. Okay. Change right. in scenery. Now, I mean, why don't you explain to the listeners how vastly different? Now, I know you've never been to Navasoto. I've never been there, but right. we've been to tiny Texas towns. Yes. it's And when we've <laughs> talked about how tiny this town is, 800 students, it's a 4A, it's 
eight miles long. And why don't you explain the vast difference between that and moving to San Antonio four hours away at 15 years old? I, I can almost equate it to, you know, if you just go abroad for a semester in college or something, you there's a lot more people. There's a lot more traffic. There's more things for you to see and experience when you're in a larger town, especially San Antonio. San Antonio has a huge culture, especially down by the Red River, not the Red River, I'm the like, River that's Walk. The River Walk, yeah. The River Walk, and I mean, there's one point skyscrapers. One point four million people in the area. Right. So it's massive. I mean, that's according to the 2020 census. One point four. It's massive. It's a huge. It's a huge city that's surrounded by a larger subset group of suburbs, much yes. like Dallas. Yeah. Very you have downtown Dallas and then you have the surrounding burbs. Mm -hmm. So big change for little Jose. Right. Especially when you also factor in his small town was more than likely very religious. They were. And then you're moving into San Antonio, big city where religion politics are very much more fluid. Right. Gives you a lot more opportunity to kind of form your own opinions. Right. So Jose moves there and ultimately spends a majority of his time inside and online. Really? On MySpace. Wow. He's on MySpace and he develops a connection and eventually a relationship with a said 36-year-old male teacher with a marine tattoo they develop this relationship yeah. in secret and the pair first meet at a starbucks where the man would later invite jose back to his apartment where the two end up watching and masturbating to pornography and okay. they end up having a like sexual relations that night However, Jose is not of the legal consent in the state of Texas, which right. is 17. It's 17? That. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I thought it was 18. Yeah, 17 in the state of Texas. But Jose's 15 at this point. Wow. 15, maybe had just turned 16. He's still definitely under the consent. And mm -hmm. 17, I, I question that. I don't know. 17? That's... Do you feel like that's young? Yes. Now, as I'm getting older, yes, <laughs> 17 is very young. Yeah. So, yeah, from all the sources I've read, too, this 36-year-old douche canoe teacher, his identity has yet to be released. Mm. I, I don't. It hasn't been out. I haven't read it. I haven't found it. He's like secret agent dude. Interesting. I know. Now we jump forward to the summer and Jose returns back to his home. And almost immediately upon arrival back to Navasoto where his family is, his mother shows him a conversion therapy camp oh. video i've heard some stories about those places okay i'm gonna be honest i've heard of them 
never looked into them. Didn't really think they were actually like do people actually do that. Reading this story, I'm like, okay, wait, what the actual mm-hmm. heck? That's a real thing. And I've tried Googling. I tried DuckDuckGo. I tried looking up like actual. I want to, like if I was a customer and wanted to send my said child to this conversion therapy, I was trying to find an actual therapy camp, but couldn't. However, they apparently exist. I did find a lot of information against them. Yes. Which I thought was in crazy insane, which is in a good way, but right. there was a lot of information against it, but I could not find a, an actual conversion therapy camp online. I'm sure they're out there. I didn't spend a ton of time, but a quick yeah, little 10 minute Google search. I'm just wondering if they mask it under something else. So like a that school is actually, for troubled Yeah, youth they're not going to say conversion like therapy. Yeah, they're yeah. probably going to say something else and they offer multiple different things. And actually, I I guess that would I don't want to go too off on a tangent, but yeah. I have heard that a lot of the rich and the famous celebrities, um, Paris Hilton was sent to an apparent like camp similar to this. Yeah. I have heard stories of trafficking situations out of those style of camps and or people going missing. Um, So, I mean, I do think they're around. I bet they offer multiple different, you know, whatever your problem is, we'll fix your teen. Yeah. Well, (laughs) That just made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't have my parents make me watch a conversion therapy video. Um, I did come home one time, though, to multiple pamphlets of military schools that wow. I, I was to sit down and pick out, like, my top five. Oh, yeah, there was a – the entire kitchen table was full of them. Okay. My dad spent a, a good amount of time – picking all these up for sure uh they were at their wits end with me yeah so i have had that happen but not a conversion therapy yeah so at this point he's you know already had this relationship with this other kid you know the college age kid he's now in san antonio and he's developed this relationship with the 36 year old i think he kind of knows at this point he's gay he is who he is he's not going to change and in my opinion he does the right thing and he tells his parents like look you need to be real with yourselves and face the truth. This is who I am. This is what's going on. I'm gay. And basically explaining, you know, not that he should or have to, but he's explaining his sexuality and telling his parents, like, you need to accept the truth. Mm -hmm. This is on you. To which that doesn't really fly well with his father. I couldn't imagine. Really? Right. A healthy conversation could be had because your kid's being honest and explaining, you know, because gay people are the only people that sin apparently in the Bible. But Mm. what anyways, so the father basically says it's either conversion therapy camp or, and I quote, get the fuck out of my house. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'd be leaving, to be honest. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, I mean, I would want to leave as well. That's I think horrible. I would be scared, though, also of like, where am I going to go? Well, that's kind of the situation that Jose's in. So what do you think happens? Well, he goes and finds the 36-year-old. Exactly. Jose calls the 36-year-old who 
instructs Jose that he tells Jose that he can stay with him, but instructs him that he needs to reach out to the homeless shelter and enlist their aid to enroll in school, inform them that he is staying with an adult, an adult, uh, adult friend guardian. Yeah. An adult friend or, you know, family friend of the family. So Jose does all of this. And he oh. then is basically staying with this guy in his house and subsequently, like, right into his bed. Oh, my. I can't believe he went to all of those lengths, too, to tell him to, like, basically cover your tracks, right? I said the same. I was literally reading this thinking, holy shit, this dude obviously has done this before. Mm -hmm. Calling the homeless shelter and enlisting their aid to enroll in school and let them know. I would at, at, well, I am 35. I guess I would know that now, but I wouldn't have known that then. But for him to know that, I only know it because of the work I'm in. Most people don't know that. He is a teacher, so I'll give him that. But to me, that just sounds very predatorial. Predatorial. Yeah. He's covering his tracks. It sounds like he knows what he's doing. Right. Like he's done it before. He's crossing the I's and dotting the T's. That's not, that wasn't right. Anyways. So Jose also tells the Stop Modern Day Slavery article that I had already talked about earlier that parents from the male teacher school would see the pair out that counselors knew he lived with this teacher and that at one point even the police were called to the home of this man and they never questioned Jose asked for his ID asked his age and Jose states that the pair looked drastically different, not only in age, but also race, which oh. race should not always have to play a factor. I get that. But when you're looking at a vast age difference and there's no female present, is this your dad? No. Okay. Who is this man? The basic questions of yeah. I mean, you are called to this man's house. I've never been in a situation where the police haven't asked me basic underlining questions. Yeah. Anytime Do you live I've, here? What's your name? Anytime you've been pulled over, anytime the police have been called, there's always like the preliminary questions. And it sounds like that never even happened. And it sounds like there were teachers and... And parents that were concerned. No. And it makes me wonder, Megan, like how often do you go out and you're in your own world? you're not paying attention yeah or you're out and about and you maybe see something but you're kind of like i don't really know i'm it's not gonna say anything effect. i don't want to get involved mm -hmm. i don't want to be a karen i don't want to be a ken yep you kind of just like back off like do yeah. you want to say something should you say something am i making a big deal out of this you start questioning yourself. And That's a maybe, true. It's called the bystander effect. You can look it up. I don't know it's how a, an actual yeah, name. It's a real thing. It's a psychological. They do psychological experience experiments all the time. Interesting. Well, yeah. So all these people, nobody says anything. And this relationship between Jose and the teacher, it 
only lasts for several months to begin with. Oh, it only lasts for several months? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it only lasts for several months the first time. Okay, okay, yeah. So before Jose... I mean, it, it lasts several months before Jose finds out that oh, okay. his companion, if you will, is also sleeping with other teenagers. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like he's got mommy Ugh. issues, like big time. Yeah. So at that point, obviously, a fight <laughs> ensues and they... Jose ends up leaving and he goes back to his parents' house. He doesn't really know where else to go. And it's only a very, very short stay. I would imagine because I'm sure they didn't welcome him with open arms. <laughs> right. He is only back for a week before his father kicks him out again, basically telling Jose that he can't live with him and he can't stand that Jose is in his house. So now he's homeless and nowhere to go. Wow. There's just so many. Traumatic. I mean, yeah, this set up a lot to happen to him. It's one tragic. Series of events. Yeah. It's like one after another after another. And this kid is just like, when can this child, this innocent kid get a break yeah to be a kid exactly and to not have to fear retribution for being just who you truly are whether that is being homosexual or heterosexual or an elephant or whatever you identify as it's just ridiculous at Mm -hmm. this point that you can't just have your support of your family. So he's now homeless again. And he goes to a friend's house for the night. And he does the one and only thing that he knows. And that's get online on gay.com. And he enters an online chat room platform Mm -hmm. where he meets a man named Jason Gandy. Hmm. Yes. Jason Gandy. We enter Jason Gandy, a new character in this story. So Jason Gandy enters Jose's life. I think we can all agree. Pivotal moment. Yep. It's a very pivotal point. He's, He's looking for connection. Yeah. A I mean, good... he's been beaten by his father. Yes. he's he He is thirsting for that love. Correct. So... All these things, and Gandhi presents himself to Jose as, like, this savior, this guy that is established and well-off and is... I want to help you. I want to grow you. I want to be with you. Right. He's older. He's experienced. He tells Jose all the right things all the things that jose needs and he presents himself to be exactly what jose needed in that moment in his life so gandy just making small talk getting to know jose asks how his day is and basically jose unfolds that he's now homeless you know goes into his entire situation he He needs somebody to talk to well now you've just given all of the ammunition to the person 
holding the power mm -hmm. or now holds the power, if you will. This person now has all the ammunition. They know that you're, what your vulnerabilities are in that moment. They have, are now able to pivot that and use it against you. And that's exactly what Gandhi does because he doesn't let this crisis go to waste. He capitalizes on this moment and uses the vulnerabilities that Jose has expressed to him to tell Jose that he's a friend, that he's, you know, knows people that have been through situations like this and I have all this stuff and I really yeah, want to help have you. tools in my toolbox to help you. Right. I, you know, he tells Jose about his extremely successful pressure washing company that he made millions on and how he has this big apartment with multi, you know, multi-bedroom, nine-bedroom apartment in Austin. So you're telling Jose all the things, like this guy has everything. And Gandhi doesn't really feel that it's right that he has everything and can't share that with Jose. So he offers to Jose safe space, a place to go, mm. a place to stay. And Jose questions it. And he ultimately accepts that decision and he goes with Gandhi and a friend to a condo. They pick, they pick up Jose and they take him to a condo in Houston hmm. where later that night Gandhi exits the shower naked and asks Jose if he would like to have a massage at which point he is introducing Jose to quote unquote massage therapy. Oh, it's honestly just a perfect storm. It's incredibly sad and it just unfortunately gets worse from here. He is now with Gandhi. Gandhi is coming out of the shower naked and positioning Jose to get a massage. Jose later states that they actually never had any sexual uh, interaction that night or for several nights uh, leading up to him first staying with Gandhi, but it was very much Gandhi's way of introducing mm -hmm. the massage therapy business that he ran. Something was implied. Correct. So at first things are great for Jose. Gandhi gets him on this healthy diet and takes Jose with him to the gym every day, sometimes twice a day. They're working out. They're eating well. Jose now has a home, a shelter, food, at least the basics. He's mm -hmm. got the basics, and, and he's starting to feel a little bit safe around Jose. And the, or I'm sorry, Jose is starting to feel a little safe around Gandhi, but what Jose doesn't understand is this is all part of the grooming process. Yeah. yeah. And so within several days after being there, Gandhi would start telling Jose that he needs to be independent, provide for himself, and that Gandhi knew just how Jose could start saving money. Can you guess? Ugh. I'm assuming it has something to do with massages. Correct. But Jose's still not 18. So he legally can't get a license to do this. But instead of traditional school, Gandy has a great idea. 
I'm going to teach you myself. I'm going to teach you and you can participate in a forehand massage. Massage. What? Apparently, it's where you have two people massaging you at the same time. But we all know they're not really getting massages. Like, let's be real. They're not actually getting right. massages. Uh. But yeah, I mean, Jose doesn't know this at this point in the timeline. He has mm. no idea. But yeah. He's probably like, yes. This we is all know great. it. But. Right. This will so Candy's like, money. yeah, you can get money. Um, and you just can't tell anybody, right? Because you're not 18 and, and you know, it's gotta be on the fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta be under the fly. So Jose contemplates it. He ends up agreeing to Gandhi and doing this forehand massage. And Gandhi immediately starts taking shirtless selfies of Jose, but it's for the website. It's for (sighs) the business. Right. He's it, we need it for the business. No, like that was his marketing. Candy was posting these shirtless selfie photos, not selfies, shirtless photos of Jose on Craigslist under the personal ads, like promising Ugh. for promising for uh, an 18, a massage from an 18 year old. Oh, my God. And he just has no idea. He has no idea. This is this at this is point. No. At this point in the timeline, correct. He does not have any idea. And all he wanted was just companionship and understanding. Wow. Right. And Perpy Gandy basically is, that's his name, by the way, Perpy Gandy. He's basically Jose. I mean, well, he isn't basically, he is Jose's trafficker. And all of these clients that he's getting from the ads are perpetrators. They're Sickos. sickos they're all sickos so this is where less listener discretion maybe starts ramping up um jose recalls back to the first experience where gandy was speaking to the client privately and then later calls jose over where jose sees this adult man laying face down on a massage table Gandhi closes the door behind him and begins to remove his clothes. Mm. Looking at Jose, who then remembers Gandhi telling him everything I do. You do. Exactly. So Jose stated that he felt trapped saying there that saying no or leaving the current situation just wasn't an option that he had no idea what Gandhi or this other man were capable of or that what you know that he could go to law enforcement he was scared out of fear of his own punishment so sadly it's unfortunate, but Jose was forced to give his first erotic massage to this perp on the table table. And he would then later molest and fondle Jose <sighs> afterwards. Go Ooh. to, yeah, it's, it's awful. Gandhi reminds Jose afterwards that there's really nowhere to go, you know, but in, in the sly way of well, you got psychological money. warfare, right? Yeah. Right. He's using that psychological warfare of telling Jose, like, well, where are you going to go? Like, how are you going to make money? Who's going to believe you? Right. And, and he's basically coercing Jose into staying in this situation and continuing this abuse. Hmm. 
Gandhi forces Jose to perform several massages over the course of the next several weeks at this condo in Houston Mm. until the two would then land in this nine bedroom Austin apartment that he told Jose. Remember Megan in the beginning that Gandhi he owned he owned a spacious apartment and had all this money. Spoiler alert. He doesn't. No. I think we kind of knew that though, right? Apparently this is a how an apartment that's with a handful of rooms that were partitioned off with sheets and that I'm sorry, it was an apartment, not a house uh, with several rooms partitioned with sheets that had an older man living in it and several younger college men. And this was all according to Gandhi. Oh, okay. So there's tons of people living in this small house. Who knows what's going on over there? Apartment? Yes. I keep okay. saying house, apartment, home is where the heart is, whatever. It's and according to the article, it was an apartment, but it was sectioned off with sheets to have quote unquote rooms. Yes. Okay. Right. So these massages continue daily for a period of time. Each ending with Jose being molested or fondled at the end. And then eventually it leads to Gandhi allowing these clients to perform oral on Jose and or vice versa. And it it just continues to escalate, right? And this is the only one in this apartment that this is happening to, Jose. That I don't know. Okay. That I don't know. This is all... Right, this is all At, about at that him. point yeah. in time when Jose was there, I don't know if he was the only one involved. I don't know the, the okay. answer to that. Okay. Um, this is just... His, his recollection. Correct. Okay. So these massages that are naked continue. They eventually escalate. Uh, there's molestation, fondling, leads to oral... Uh, and this is all while Jose's like thinking that he owes Gandhi, right? He owes mm-hmm. Gandhi because he's helping him out. It's this mind warfare game going Definitely. on. Definitely. Until the abuse takes a drastic turn one day. And right, who like you can Sorry, you can't see my facial yeah. expressions, but I literally just went, what the fuck? <laughs> You really did. So, right. How can it get any worse than where we already are? Well, unfortunately, it does. And this particular day, Gandhi has booked another client for Jose. And he is speaking with this man a little longer than normal, Jose recalled. And at that point, Gandhi beckons Jose over and explains to him that this man is... Basically, things are switched. We're, we're going to switch things up. Instead of you performing the massage, this man is going to perform the massage on you. Oh. He is paying for it. You need to undress and get on the table. Good day, sir. And Gandhi leaves the room. To which Jose follows instructions. And... At that point, a heavy set older male walks into the room, takes off his wedding ring, and before Jose knows 
what to do. This man, this sick spawn of Satan douche canoe is on top of Jose raping him. After he is finished, this man gets up, puts his wedding ring back on, walks over to Jose and says, I have a son about your age. No, no, no. Kisses him on the forehead and walks out the door. Nuh-uh. No. Want to talk about disgusting. Uh, Right. I. That's pretty much how Jose was feeling the rest of that day and following the next day. Probably a little bit worse. I don't. I just. I can't. I can't even. uh, It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. You know, he's just sitting there. He's still a minor. He's He's still sitting there just thinking. He's like, this isn't so bad. This is. This is fine. This isn't so bad. This is fine. And then that happens. And then. You're just reconditioning yourself to start saying, this isn't so bad. It's fine. This isn't so bad. It's fine. But it's not fine. No. It's not fine. There's nothing. There's nothing about this that is remotely okay. It's a hard story. My God. It's sad. It really is sad. And I, you want my honest opinion or my honest like truth, I should say reading some of the articles that I read in my investigation in this, I, I definitely had some moments where I was crying. <laughs> and that has happened very, very few. It, it doesn't happen with every case. And I know that sounds horrible, but you kind of become, you, you start to develop a thick skin, but every so often, sometimes a case just hits you in a way that you aren't expecting it. And this one, I don't know. There were parts of it that just really, I felt for him. Mm. I feel for him still where we are yeah. in the case right now. I mean, it's, it, yeah. So by the next morning, Jose's feeling like crap, right? We right. want to talk about how we're feeling right now. This kid's just like, I can't do any massages today. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be around this. I can't do this. So he basically concocts this story. Concocts. 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 I don't like that. Concocts. That's how you say it. Whatever. He comes up with this story. Sorry. Concocts. Don't apologize. <laughs> I don't know. He comes up with this story. That he right. needs to get out. He needs to Right. So he doesn't feel well. He tells Gandhi he doesn't feel well so that he can get out of basically working for the day. And Gandhi agrees and is like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Blah, blah, blah. So <sighs> now he's alone in Gandhi's room for the day. And Jose starts sneaking through all of Gandhi's things and he stumbles upon some child exploitation on his laptop. Images of young boys. I just uh, performing illicit sexual acts on Gandhi. Young boys. Now I understand Jose is still young at this point in the timeline. He is 16, 17 at this point. These boys that that Jose finds on Gandhi's laptop are much younger. So it's just taking the perverted sick level up several more notches. Like, yes, which is 
and that's it's not even that way you I shouldn't just, and we're not waiting that no, on just, that but it's just adds more to the level of douchery this guy is on is what i'm trying to say so jose is kind of starting to piece together that gandy has made comments in the past about younger boys and basically that he's just realizing it's time to go. Yes. I, I got to get out of this situation. I have nowhere to go, though. So where do I go? Back to the 36-year-old teacher. No. Back to the 30-year-old six, 36-year-old teacher who picks him up the following day. Okay. You know, I can't, I can't put myself into Jose's shoes, but I can, I can think about what he's feeling he can't go back to his family right because he knows how that's gonna end so right. he goes back to the next person in his life that gave him some semblance of safety of comfort of care so i can see why it's just so sad you can relate i, I shouldn't say relate i this is I understand why he went yes. yes, I understand why he went back to the 36-year-old. Um I cannot imagine being in a situation where you are in that that in that. You're in that situation and you don't even feel comfortable calling your own parents. Those yeah. are <laughs> your family is supposed to be who you that's who you call when you're right. needing someone the most. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really heartbreaking. And it's really sad that in that moment, in that pivotal moment of he has just been raped, he has just been violated for an, a length of time at this point. But he has now been, it's escalated to where he has now been raped. He now finds his child exploitation on the laptop of Gandhi. And that's a low point, it's and that, you can't even call your own. Right. Like, it's horrible. It's that moment of clarity. It's the switch flicking on fight or flight, and he chose the lesser of two evils. In his mind. Yeah, he in chose. His mind. Right. He, he went with what he thought he could do. So now he's back in San Antonio, okay. and he has zero support for having literally just gone through a major sexual assault crime if you like let's right. be real and i'm sure he hasn't divulged all that has happened no i that i don't know i don't know the particulars of what he has told this person but we know that he's now back and san antonio with this guy mm -hmm. and he basically starts going down a dark path he tells rolling stone um that he felt like he didn't exist and that he went unseen that living with the 36-year-old wasn't easy. Uh, Jose, basically, it was a rough and violent situation. Jose, <sighs> we have to remember, this guy also cheated on Jose. He's yep. also much older than Jose as well. He's mm -hmm. also violating Jose. 100% is also violating yes. Jose. Whether yes. or not he's trafficking him, that's a different situation. You're still a pedophile because you're, uh, you know, yep. you're taking advantage of this child. But Gandhi exploited him with the massage therapy side of it um either way though this 36 year old is disgusting no, as no, well yeah yeah there's no level of yeah so 
that entire situation is volatile. Jose enrolls in an alternative high school to graduate, but basically he's not dealing with the mental health issues that he has. Frankly, a lot of them dealing back to childhood mental health issues. Um, and it just starts to take a, a toll on Jose. The turmoil basically continues inside until one day when he snaps and he gets into a physical altercation with a man that he is living with. <sighs> After this heated argument, uh, Jose ends up in jail where his parents have to bail him out. And, uh, yeah, his parents have to bail him <laughs> out. I mean, at least they were there to bail him out, I guess. I would say that you would have to think that that's a step forward, right? <laughs> they bail him out. They bail him out of jail. Uh, and then he starts college. He begins working as a waiter, but he turns to drugs and alcohol to cope with all this trauma, which is 100% realistic and ex what we expect in these situations yes because unfortunately it's what happens most often in in any situation alcohol and drugs is what society typically turns to to cope mm -hmm. with whatever the problems are so it's, for, a, it's a suppressant yeah exactly unfortunately so jose ends up dropping out of college because it's just too much. And he begins doing sex work to support himself. He wow. starts using Craigslist uh, where he's posting photos of himself in the personal ads stating that he felt like it was the only job he could do. And that basically he went with what Gandhi taught him. He did with what he knew. So that's how he started making money. And this lifestyle would lead to more arrests for Jose. He would land with a public intoxication charge, a marijuana possession charge, and now he has mounting legal issues, <sighs> lawyer fees, and all the things. So Jose finds about finds out about an opportunity to make even more money uh, being a male escort on a site called rentboy.com. Well, another site that's also been shut down by the feds. Good. But this site is where Jose would go and he would connect with wealthy clients and or sugar daddies who paid him to travel and live with them for a period of time. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I, uh, yeah. Okay. That's just so interesting to me because uh, in this day and age now, that is looked at differently by a lot of people in society. If you know about it. Yeah. If he's with these rich, wealthy people, like who knows what kind of events he's going to? I mean, I doubt right. he's going to like, you know, political campaigns or things. Well, no. I don't know. Maybe he is, but. Either way, these people are paying him to stay with him. Yes, yes. It's, it's, it is frowned upon. It's disgusting. I think the majority of the society would be against it, but unfortunately, I think it happens way more than we 
100% it happens way more. <laughs> I get, I, yeah. Wow. Right. So now, real quick, like real quick, this kid from this vulnerable teenager from this small rural town in Texas is now jet setting across the country. He's going to Vegas, Miami, Chicago. He's traveling all over to be with these men that he is now meeting online. So by 2012, Jose is in Boston where he's been staying with a man for several weeks when this man encourages Jose to continue his education, telling Jose that he can stay with him, but under one condition. You think, where's this going? But fortunately for Jose, this guy's stipulation was, you need to go back to school. Okay. So that's exactly what Jose did. He took this guy up. This this guy actually ended up being a decent human being who generally was sticking out the olive branch to help Jose. And he mm -hmm. ended up, thankfully, not being a sicko and a pedophile like all these others. But Jose, by 2014, had gone to cosmetology school in Boston. He got a job at a hair salon. He had started dating and that landed him in a committed relationship with a young doctor. So wow. it sounds like his life, right, then starts yeah, taking he, this. He crested the plateau. <laughs> I like your analogy. Yes. He takes a turn and things start looking up. He actually starts dealing with his mental health and the anxiety, the PTSD from all of his past trauma, which wow. we're talking about, you know. That takes a lot. To it do. does. That takes a lot to do. To face that head on. It really does. It absolutely takes a lot to do and to work through continuously day because it's not a one fix mm -mm. like when one thing you do and it fixes it. So. No, he definitely had to go back in time. Right. To childhood. And then you're constantly evolving on it. And then he he worked himself up to the level. Right. But at this point he has no idea that previously in 2012, so two years before, that one of his traffickers, good old Jason Gandy, had been denied entry by customs agents at London Heathrow Airport when the story that he gave and the story that the young boy he was traveling oh with did not match. Dun, dun, <sighs> dun. I know, right? So the pair... Gandhi and this young boy are heading to the 2012 London Olympics where Gandhi thinks that he will be able to capitalize on this opportunity to travel with this boy and exploit, exploit. him yep. at the Olympic Games. Uh. However, customs agent a customs agent officer person at London Heathrow airport just kind of caught on and noticed the stories didn't match and they were denied entry and the pair were flown back to the United States from their flown back to their uh, departure location. So they were flown back to Houston where they were flown separately and the pair were basically apprehended. Gandhi was detained. The young boy was questioned. Upon that, they discover that the laptop Gandhi had with him had 
uh, an exaggerate amount of uh, child, child. exploitation. Yes, child exploitation. And so basically what the story is, is Jose has no idea this has gone on. And he's directed to an article in 2014 through someone that he knew back in the day that he was with Gandhi in Houston and in that area in Austin. And it was the article was about Gandhi and his arrest two years prior, where they were in the case, what was going on. And at the end of the article, you know, it gives the human trafficking hotline number. Jose reads this article and he realizes oh my he God. was trafficked. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. I know him. I was with him. This man made me do all these things. And I was a victim, or not me, but he was a victim of Gandhi. And after that, and I'm sure was some deep consideration and discernment and thinking, he decides to contact the human trafficking hotline to which they immediately put him in touch with someone, right? Because if, if you ever text that, like they will text you back or get in touch with you immediately. Jose starts telling his story. They then put him in touch with the Homeland Security investigation officials in Houston who are heading up the investigation into Gandhi. And they do a video call with Jose he explains his story and afterwards Jose said that he felt like he was being set free knowing that people were doing and fighting for him and for the others and everything that they went through and that it was just basically wow a relief I'm sure I'm sure some shackles just like shed it off of his body well, yeah, and you have to think, too, like, up until that point, he didn't even know. Like, yeah, he didn't he even no recognize idea. that and he I, was. I bet he, I, I can all, if I was in his shoes and I had escaped, I think I would carry a lot of guilt to know if he was doing that to other people. Gandhi. Yeah. I think that that would definitely be at the back of my mind. So I bet telling his story was very much freeing i guess i I, yeah i would i would think so in a way but also like challenging and stressful and yes heart like a a lot of emotions there's got to be a lot of emotions in that and unfortunately those emotions would last for four more years before they were able to go to trial just to do deal with yeah all of the process the delays that gandy and and his legal team and all the troubles it took four years and in 2018 the criminal trial started alfaro was able to jose alfaro was able to give his story and a testimony revealing the trauma and then explaining that about the forced massages and the exploitation that he experienced at the hands of Gandhi. Uh, he goes into detail about the violent rape he experienced by that married client that day. And Jose recalled in his testimony how many of the clients that he saw were well-to-do businessmen, often white Ugh. and married. Oh, my God. I know. 
So Jose's feeling good about his testimony that he gave during the trial and he and basically everything unfolding. He's on a high. But unfortunately, that high doesn't last long for Jose because by the following day, he's already starting to have suicidal feelings and just mm-hmm. goes into a depression. And I can imagine because you're being cross-examined by. Yeah, I can't imagine that they were nice. Right. And he even states that during the trial, they showed a picture of him and that it kind of just he'd seen the photo hundreds of times before. But in that room, in that environment with all those people, you see that photo and you see yourself in a different light. And that's basically what he said is he's looking at this photo of himself when he was trafficked and how he didn't even recognize. Mm-hmm. It, it's sad. I can imagine how you would go from being on a high to the fo- literally the following day he's feeling all of these things because it's reopened those unhealed wounds right and he even states that one of those unhealed wounds was the fact that his own parents didn't come to the courtroom to support him when he gave his testimony against Gandhi wow could you imagine no, I mean, no. Ah. Wow. Just makes you. Yeah. <laughs> what? What were you say? I don't know. I'm just. This is a lot of emotions. This is very it's, much. Yeah. So um, in July of, I'll just keep going. In July of 2018, Gandhi was convicted on seven counts of human trafficking and child exploitation. So basically four counts of sex trafficking of minors, one count transporting a minor, one count of sexually exploiting a child, and one count of transporting child pornography, which irks me that they call it child pornography because it is not pornography, it is exploitation, but whatever. By December of 2018, that same year, Perpy Gandhi was sentenced to just 30 years in a federal prison, followed by supervised release for the rest of his life. So basically he goes to jail for 30 years, at which point whatever stipulations the judge sets on him, I'm assuming it's, it's essentially parole. He's probably going to have to submit to a drug test or God. Yeah. So after 30 years, I'm personally think 30 years should be for one count of each sex trafficking. And he has four counts of sex trafficking. So that's what 120 years at least that yeah. dude should not be able to get out of jail. No. I think that's an absolute injustice to the victims. And this case, t- another reason this case took so long to go to trial is because of stories like Jose, as they started documenting and reporting on this case, people that were victims of Gandhi started coming forward and it delayed the, and going the actual trial process in a good way. Right. right? But it just... 30 years, that's it. Right. So you have more like, people coming together and you still only gave him 30 years. If he's indi- if he was convicted of four counts of sex trafficking of sh- minors, I would think that means that that is four separate individuals. It should be at least 30 years per one invid- exactly. individual. Yes. If not more. Not to mention everything else that was tacked on. Like... <laughs> That should right. also be what so, ten years, right? To, to, um, okay, you so you right? have one count of transporting a minor, 
one count of of sexually exploiting a child. One count of sexually exploiting a child should get you life in in jail, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. One count of one count of transporting child pornography again that should get you in life in jail in my opinion i'm not right. i don't know i just think 30 years though 30 years he was convicted on seven counts of human trafficking and child exploitation seven counts and he only got 30 years and then once the 30 years is up he will have chance for parole or he'll parole. get yeah he will get yeah. it he will end up with supervised release which is essentially parole he'll, he'll basically have parole and whatever other guidelines the judge has i will say though at sentencing okay. Judge Lee H. Rossithinol, Rossithinol, probably saying that name wrong. Uh, he, this judge made the statement and it says, quote, Mr. Gandhi has proven to be an abuser of human beings, vulnerable human beings. Mr. Gandhi says he's empathetic. Mr. Gandhi's life does not reflect that. It betrays it. Whoa. And I was like, you go, Judge. Okay. I thought that was a good, yeah, I kind of was like. He okay. said he's empathetic. <laughs> no, he's not. Okay. No, no, he's not. In April of 2019, Jose Alfaro won a civil case suit against Gandhi and was awarded $1.43 million in compensation and punitive damages. Obviously, is unfortunately not seen any of that money and okay that's what i was about no it's a civil he won the civil case the lawyers i'm sure are working around getting him you know if if there were any communal properties or any assets that candy had i'm sure but will he get 1.43 million no No. probably not but he was still one and awarded he he was still fighting he won the case he won the civil suit against candy for compensation and punitive damages jose and then since then, Jose has started working to use his experience to help others. And he speaks to law enforcement agencies about his story, how they can be better prepared and equipped with recognizing a situation of human trafficking and how they can help, which I think is amazing. Jose has joined the Board of Human Trafficking Legal Center, the yeah, the board of the Human Trafficking Legal Center. And on that board, he advises human trafficking survivors of their legal rights and obligations and what what they're entitled to. Okay. Yeah, but wow. I know, right? He's really turned his life around and made a yeah, big... Yeah, he's dedicating the rest of his life to helping people that were also in his situation. Right, and I think for us here, yes. personally, the most amazing and coolest part of this story Megan is that Jose has started to serve as a consultant for Bob's House of Hope oh wow so yeah so Bob's House of Hope for our listeners that are new or don't know is a nonprofit uh, safe house which is located right here in North Texas and it's one of the first safe houses where young boys and men can go that have been human trafficked and they partner their therapy with Ranch Hand Rescue, which is an animal therapy mm-hmm. uh, organization that rescues animals that have been neglected or in abused situations as well. And they pair both the Them animal together. and the survivor and they provide. Yeah. So he's a consultant. I read that and I, I just was super, I didn't know that until just finishing the script the other day and, and writing it. I, 
That's I didn't really, know that. That's actually really yeah. exciting. I thought that was super <laughs> cool. And he's even on their website. He has a testimonial that he gave, which I thought was pretty awesome. But yeah, so he's really, he's really doing a lot to turn his life around and use this horrible, tragic experience as a teaching moment, as an opportunity to educate and prevent this from happening to someone else. Wow. Right? And isn't that what it's kind of all about? Yes. I think that is. I think it's full circle moment. Wow. Full circle. It really is. So in the Stop Modern Day Slavery Org uh article that he gave an interview to, he has a quote that says, I believe to end human trafficking, we've got to hear all of the different stories from communities this is affecting the most. Once we have a better understanding, I feel we can begin tackling human trafficking as a whole. If we only focus on one type of survivor, we miss the opportunity to save others and we will never end tra end trafficking. To help advocate, I say sharing stories of survivors, seeking education, and donating to organizations that are helping survivors move forward is the most helpful. Wow. Yeah. I love that he said that, you know, we shouldn't focus on just one story or one type of way that this occurs. He's really using his position to be like, yes, I have a story. But at the same time, there are so many other stories that we all need to pay attention to. Right. Well, and it, it goes, I think that statement goes to show with our longtime listeners who have been here will know, like, no one story is the same. No. I have, we yeah. have said that before yeah. that every situation, every case we cover, every potential trafficking situation has their own unique assets and values and, and their own, maybe values isn't the right word, but their own way. Yeah, it's their own unique way, their own journey. Their story is unique unto them mm -hmm. and it is not one size fits all where they're all the same. And I think that statement that Jose gives really is powerful when we say that we can't focus on this cookie cutter mold of human trafficking is like the movie Taken or human trafficking is this underground whatever conspiracy theory is floating out in the, you know, that yeah. each case is different. And I think the takeaway for me from that quote that he gives is that once we have a better understanding, I feel we can tackle human tracking as a whole. And that to me means understanding that not only men or not mm -hmm. only women, but men can yeah. also be trafficked. Not only girls, but boys can also be trafficked. Right. And it doesn't mean that they're less important, exactly. right? And we have to understand that everyone is a victim. So, yes, it's not a box that you can just fit into. Right. That's all I'm gonna say it is, and it's not a box that we can fit into. And I, I just, it's a powerful statement. It's amazing to see that Jose's life has turned out to be something very powerful and meaningful, and that he is making change in a positive way. So. If you or someone you know is the victim of human trafficking, please call the human trafficking tip line at 888-3737-888. And now on to the weekly spotlights. First, we have Shirley Margaret Krasinski, 
who was 34 years old when she was last seen on January 1st, 1985 in Dallas, Texas. Shirley is described as a white female with curly reddish brown hair and either green, blue, or hazel eyes. She was approximately 5 feet to 6 feet tall and weighed between 140 to 180 pounds when she went missing. Shirley appears to have disappeared under suspicious circumstances and anyone with information is asked to call the Louisville Police Department at 1-972-219-3600. Agency case number 21-00643. Next we have... Karen Carlette Augustine, who was 57 years old when she went missing on March 20th, 2016 from Flower Mound, Texas. Kareen is described as a white female with natural white hair, gray hair, and green eyes. She was approximately 5'3". She was approximately 5'3 and weighed around 140 to 170 pounds when she went missing. Kareen was last seen driving with her son, Tyler, in a white 2014 Chevy Sparks car, license plate DMY6775, with a Pomeranian dog named Pepper, and they were last spotted in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Anyone with information is asked to call the Flower Mound Police Department at 972-874-6507. Last but certainly not least, Tyler J. Augustine, who was 26 years old when he went missing on March 20th, 2016 from Flower Mound, Texas, with his mother, Kareen. Tyler is described as a white male with brown hair and brown eyes. Tyler was last seen driving with his mother, Kareen, in a white 2014 Chevy Sparks car, license plate DMY6775. They had a Pomeranian dog named Pepper, and they were last spotted in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Anyone with information is asked to call the Flower Mound Police Department at 972-874-6507. All right. Well, as always, you guys, please like, rate, comment, review. Give us all share. the things. Yes. Please share. Follow us on social media, Human Trafficking, True Crime, we do like the comments. Sometimes they're a bit much and yes. false, but or we are still people too. Yes, we are still people too, and I do take your. I do like good constructive con, constructive criticism, uh, and we have taken some of the advice that people have given us mm -hmm. into consideration. So please go ahead and leave that review if you are so inclined to do so if not please use the htt what is it h the httc 2023 promo code to get 30 percent off on our entire store and until next time my friends we will remain loud bold and out there about everything anti-human trafficking and we want you guys to stay vigilant be aware and above all what the world needs now is love, not hate. Bye.